Hello, Kubernetes community, and welcome to another edition of the PodCTL podcast. Uh, we're we're getting back to the regular schedule here uh, now that the holidays are over, and uh, and we're buried in the cold weather. Uh, Brian, uh, how's it going? Uh, things are good. We're uh, we're kind of digging out. We didn't get a whole lot here in Raleigh, but uh, you know we got enough to shut everything down for a couple of days, and uh, kind of it's good to be getting back into the day to day. You know what's going on in your job, what's going on in technology. So it's uh, it's good to be back. So, um, hey, listen, we, uh, we, you know, one of the big things that came out of KubeCon was, you know, lots of surveys always come out and people are always trying to figure out, you know, what's, what's real, how much of these communities are really growing as fast as they are and, uh, you know, which, which technologies are getting adopted. Um, so we thought today we would, uh, we'd dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, we, there's a lot of focus on the technology and softwares in, in a lot of open source, uh, projects. Uh, and and really the the big thing when you talk to people, especially at KubeCon, um, you know, community is a big draw, and the you know kind of personalities in the community and and how people get to work together and collaborating is really what draws them more to open source than than the stuff that's just free. Yeah, absolutely. So today we're uh, very excited to have one of the one of the people who have been around kind of this community, the the origins of the community, but also kind of some of the other communities that, that drove some of you know what we're seeing today. Uh, really excited to have Diane Mueller with us. Diane is Director of Community Development at Red Hat, leads the OpenShift Commons uh, program, is kind of the lead also for the, uh, the OpenShift Origins project to a certain extent. And uh, Diane, really excited to have you on the show today. Well, I'm really thrilled to be here and, and helping you kick off 2018. And um, it's been an amazing year for the Kubernetes and the OpenShift communities. So there's lots to talk about. Um, we've had um, huge growth in, in both communities, as well as um, lots of the ancillary upstream communities, too. So um, it's, it's pretty amazing, um, the things that are going on these days. Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned in the intro that you've been... Uh around some of the communities that kind of fostered, um, you know, what's going on in, in the Kubernetes community today, uh, OpenShift community, but you were also involved early on in, in some of the stuff with the Cloud Foundry community. So why don't you give folks who, who may not know you a little bit of your background and kind of how you, you got to, to working on the things you're working on today? Well, um, it's, it's a long and, and wind, a long-winded story and windy road. But um, I started out uh, as a Python developer many years ago and ended up in a startup um, up in Canada, in Vancouver, B.C. area. And I worked for a couple of companies up here, startups, um, one that had a great product called XMetal. I was an XML queen for a while, um, along with being a Python DJ on Twitter. And I ended up working, um, doing Python library stuff for a company called ActiveState. Um, here in the Vancouver area, and then, um, which you might still remember, um, has Komodo, a wonderful IDE, um, and they decided they wanted to get into the cloud space, and so we were looking around for what we could do with all of the work that we had. We had lots of um, distributions of different um, open source languages, Tickle, Python, Perl, kinds of fun stuff, um, and that was right when Paz was just starting to emerge. And Cloud Foundry at the time um, was an open source project that we took a look at um, at ActiveState and decided to get on the bandwagon and create a, um, a fork of, of um, Cloud Foundry. And so very early on, probably five years ago, um, we created a project there called Staccato, which um, then got, I mean, it's been bought by HP and then bought by, I think Susie has it now. Um, so it's been kicking around for a while and it's still out there somewhere. 
and I've got lots of great colleagues that I, I still um, uh, have lots of fun with these days from those days. And um, so, but about a year, year and a half into my um, cloud uh, endeavors there, I switched camps and came over to the OpenShift side and um, felt that it, um, pretty strongly that the technology, even then, um, the Ruby and Rails and the MongoDB stuff um, was still was stronger than what was under the, pin- the underpinnings and the Cloud Foundry one. So I was um, kind of enamored with the with the project that was going on at Red Hat, as well as with Red Hat's open organization and um, transparency and their great open source um, credos. So I um, I came over to the OpenShift side and I have been playing um, in this space almost five years now. So it's been lots of fun. I've seen lots of different things um, happen. I've uh, played a lot in the OpenStack space with the OpenStack community, the OpenStack F- Foundation, because we wanted to make sure that OpenShift played nicely on OpenStack. So there's uh, a ton of experience working with different foundations, different um, upstream projects. And what's coming about now um, is pretty much um, getting, it's been wonderful to see the growth and the learning that we've done, maybe in part from other communities' mistakes and best practices, um, and bringing them to the Kubernetes community and being able to bring them to the OpenShift Commons community as well. Yeah, I mean that you you just mentioned uh, you know kind of what we're seeing now with the the just overall size of the Kubernetes community and the great things that are happening and and obviously you know we've talked about this before a little bit the you know learnings from other communities um, w- with everything that's available in the Kubernetes community can you talk to us more about the OpenShift Commons community like you know why does it exist is there overlap do they have different goals like kind of since OpenShift is you know, built on Kubernetes, you know, why does it have a separate kind of additional community? Yeah, so um, that's a very good question, and thanks for letting me pontificate on it. Um, OpenShift Commons is um, has a different set of goals than the Kubernetes community um, and the Kubernetes SIGs and um, the upstream projects. We're very focused on um, the OpenShift distribution of Kubernetes as well as the entire OpenShift um, ecosystem. What we really focus on in the special interest groups around OpenShift, um, whether it's machine learning or operations or image building or you name it, there's a whole bunch of them, um, is around the best practices, um, sharing the learning and peer-to-peer interactions. So we have now over 320, I believe after the Christmas break, um, organizations, companies that with um, production deployments, um, service providers, um, upstream project leads that are um, part of the OpenShift Commons um, ecosystem and our community. And what we're more focused on in the Commons is helping people help each other and connect with each other. And in the Kubernetes world, where Red Hat is a huge contributor, um, is really where the technical work goes on on Kubernetes and um, some of the other projects there. So a good example of the difference between what goes on in Commons um, and what goes on in Kubernetes is something like our uh, machine learning SIG, which is really about um, the best practices and um, the tooling required and the services required for people to do um, machine learning and AI workloads on top of OpenShift. Um, and it has everything has a Kubernetes flavor because basically it's Kubernetes under the hood. But um, there are things that are different about the OpenShift distribution um, and tooling that's available with OpenShift that doesn't come with vanilla Kubernetes. So there's a little difference there. So I'm not sure if that was 
utterly clear, so you can ask me another question if it wasn't, but um, the technical work goes on inside the Kubernetes community is really the, the long and short of it, and the lessons learned, best practices, and and the peer-to-peer communication um, and connections and collaboration goes on for us in the OpenShift Commons. Yeah, you you know you you talked a little bit about the machine work, uh, machine learning working group and you know a couple of others that that are, are going on there which are really kind of like you said best practices they're um, sort of above the Kubernetes stack they start to get more into applications and so forth. Um, the other thing I've seen around the the Commons community is you know and you, and you started this in different ways is some of these people that participate in it, um, you know, come from similar industries. So I've seen, um, you know, people from the airline industry, for example, you know, different segments of say like the airline or travel industry or, uh, different groups from with like the automotive industry, for example, you know, different car companies and so forth. I've sat in some of those meetings. How do those things start to happen? And can you give folks a sense of, you know, is there a vertical, you know, is there beginning to be a, a vertical element? Is there something that, that people, companies kind of do on their own as they get into the commons, uh, community and so forth? Yeah. So, um, we commons really started out, um, because when we pivoted to Kubernetes, it was a fire hose of information. We had a lot of existing customers and new customers that we had to educate on Kubernetes. And then um, once we got them up to speed on what Kubernetes and all the wonderfulness of Kubernetes was, what became very apparent was there were a lot of people with commonalities, um, common interests. Um, The automotive one is a very good example. There's been um, a a lot of work around um, making... IOT, different aspects of the the automotive industry's requirements um, work well on OpenShift, as well as mobile and uh, financial services and EDU. Each of them have slightly different needs, and um, there's large groups of them that are part of the commons. So we wanted to give them, um, and they wanted, they actually asked for, um, a space to meet and connect uh, and have those conversations, though some of it is overlap, too. So it's quite interesting to me is to, to hear, you know, folks in um, financial services talking about um, machine learning workloads and, and that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of overlap between the different SIGs. Um, so everybody's welcome to come to any of the events. Um, but um, it really was sort of a natural outgrowth of the conversations that we were having and people's requests for a way to, and, you know, to get mailing lists so that they could reach each other um, and connect with each other. The one other thing that I'll say about Commons is we have one central tenet is that we are not anonymous. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm kind of hot on in terms of community development is that um, we in GitHub, there's a lot of anonymity um, around usernames and stuff, and you can contribute. And often you don't know where that contribution is coming from, which is perfectly fine and wonderful. And we love people to do stuff like that, too. But in the commons, we really ask people to self-identify so that we know, you know, what their um, agendas are, who they are. And so if someone wants to find them, say, in EDU or FinServe or, or they talk to, want to talk to their peers, they can find each other. And that's been happening, actually, a lot. We have a pretty active Slack channel. And um, they, it, it's interesting to, to watch the, the evolution of these conversations from, you know, can you show me which is the best image to use for, you know, Jupyter Hub to, um, so how did you shift your culture from, you know, monolithic to DevOps? It's, they're pretty interesting conversations been going on. Yeah, I, I think that makes it, <clears throat> I think that makes a lot of sense based on, like you said, the goals of the, of the commons community to be more information sharing, you know, more birds of a feather, if you will, kind of mm-hmm. collaboration to have that type of 
um, you know, background and, and, and collaboration between people in similar, similar constructs, similar communities, similar, uh, industries to be able to, to work. Hey, we're, we're, we're a bank too. How do you do, how do you handle this piece? And so that's, that's really exciting. Um, the, uh, one thing uh, that I think is, is really, really cool that, you know, and, and I always look and I mean, this is one example, you know, we're, we're, we're working on this podcast. Brian has another one. Uh, and some of the people that are able to uh, get a lot of content out there, really valuable content. I think I'm always impressed. And uh, you have almost every week you have a, a video a webinar for new technologies. Um, and, and we get the question, you know, sometimes like, Hey, why you spend time on stuff that's, that's not red hat. And I want to know kind of really what motivates you to, to put those together. And, uh, and have you seen any recently that really like, wow, this is, this is, you know, really impressed you. Well, um, yeah, I probably do. I try and do at least one, um, video podcast different than yours. Cause yours is all verbal and I can listen to you guys in the background while I'm doing whatever. Um, but the video one is actually interesting because people are doing demos and they can, you know, diagram and do interesting stuff. So it's, it's lots of fun. And I kind of think of it as my, um, personal tutorials. So when there's a topic that someone doesn't, I don't know anything about or a new service or a new, um, aspect like, and, and with the CNCF, there's always another it's Istio or Jaeger or something coming out. Um, and it's really hard to stay on top of all of that. And, um, so it, I try and pull in all of the new upstream projects on a regular basis. Um, you know, you just did a, a quickie on, um, service meshes and stuff like that. But, um, like, I think one of the things that is, is really hard to do in this industry is just to stay on top of it, um, all of the new stuff. Um, and then watch as some of the older things, um, get my services, get migrated in and get connectivity too. So it, it's been a... Um, I, it's my, I, I think of it as my own private tutorials every week. I get a couple of them. Um, and, and I, I get requests from the Slack channel for different topics from the mailing list for different topics. But, um, recently I like the stuff with Kubeflow and machine learning, which is, you know, way back in the day when I was at university, um, what got me interested in computers was AI and all of that stuff. But back in the day when I was at college, um, none of the resources were available to do the stuff that we can do now. So um, the things that are making me really excited are, you know, the Jupiter Hub uh, talk that I just got Graham Dumpleton to do a couple weeks ago. Some of the stuff that Sabine Modell is doing with the Rad Analytics team. Um, we've got a M Machine Learning kickoff next week um, with da David Aronchek from Google and Matt Farley from the Rad Analytics team at Red Hat talking about, you know, what do we do um, to make sure that OpenShift is a first-class place for machine learning workshops and what, you know, what tooling comes? There's a company that's been a quiet member of the OpenShift Commons for a while, Pachyderm, which for me was really bad because I thought that they were um, a Postgres company until I really dug deeper and it turned out they were just using that Pachyderm and I, was, I got it confused with Postgres. And it turns out they're doing data pipelines for AI. So they're going to be talking soon. There's... There's all kinds of cool stuff around uh, machine learning that I'm very excited about um, in the next quarter. Um, the stuff that's going on with mobile, it, it, there's just a ton of things to keep up with. And so I consider myself really lucky. Um, I get to get these private tutorings and bring all of my friends in the ecosystem and across the community in for live Q&A at the end of each of the sessions. And I think sometimes the Q&A is the most interesting bits 
of these things because then you really, after you've gotten the tutorial or the the, the demo, you get to ask the questions and it's quite fun. Um, and we're all learning. And they're all up on the YouTube channel. So I think we just hit 112 of them. Yeah, no, uh, they're... Uh... They're they're really good and and the the beauty of them is you know they're not just they're not just sort of your typical webinar or tutorial where you're going to get a bunch of slides I mean it's you, you sort of force everybody to to make sure that the technology works you want to see some basic demonstration of the technology and um, and like you said you you kind of put people on the spot to say hey you're going to get live Q and A so um, and and you know the great thing is they're they're all on they're all online you can go back and watch them you can go back and. Uh, you know, like you said, this stuff moves so fast that you might have to go back 50 episodes to get, you know, to look at something that's going to now be relevant to you. Um, and then you might jump ahead to something today. So that part is, is very, very cool. Um, you know, we, we've talked a lot so far in this episode about kind of how the, the commons is a, an every day, every week, it's kind of always going on. It's organic. People are, are interacting with each other. Um, and then, you know, every couple of, uh, every few months sort of, you know, our industry has this thing where we get together at events. Um, you know, KubeCon kind of, kind of is the, the, the premier event for, for Kubernetes. Um, and you started a thing a little more than a year ago, almost a year and a half ago now, where you run a, a parallel event before KubeCon called the uh, OpenShift Commons Gathering. Tell us a little bit about what people might expect if they went to one of the gatherings and why it's worth, uh, you know, coming a day early and, and kind of getting involved with that, uh, those events. Well, I think of the gatherings as sort of the greatest prep session for walking into KubeCon because um, what we'd like to do at a gathering is bring everybody together so they have some face-to-face time because the world is pretty virtual um, so they can actually have some of the conversations in, and do some networking um, and ask Q&A. But what we try and do is um, figure out um, who is um, got the most interesting case studies from the past, you know, few months um, that I've heard about um, from production OpenShift deployments? Get them on stage to talk um, not just about OpenShift, about um, their journey to DevOps and cloud native, and talk. I, I try and force them all to talk about their full stack, where what they're running on, what services they're using. Um, and then we have AMA panels, Ask Me Anything panels with all the upstream project leads that I can gather. And the great thing is most of them are coming for KubeCon, so almost everybody volunteers to come and be on the panels. Um, and we've, you know, we always try and pick um, one what's next uh, panel as well. Last one was on machine learning. Um, and we just have great conversations. The one thing about the gathering, in, and, and as, as well as KubeCon itself, um, is that the noise in the hallway is so loud during this thing because people on the breaks and in the lunch hours are just having so many great conversations. And that's really what we're trying to spark with the gathering is it's not just about lecturing at you. It's more like um, making sure that those virtual connections become real. They really are um, important for those connections to, to work over the long term virtually, you, I, I strongly believe you need some personal connections as well. And OpenShift Commons is really um, a new community model in that um, for most uh, community managers um, for open source projects, they're all about trying to get contributors to contribute code to their thing. So if, um, you know, and, and that's not really my goal or the goal of the OpenShift community. It's really about promoting those peer-to-peer connections and um, 
I often say the future is all about uh, collaboration across the streams, whether they're the different projects in the cloud native computing foundations from Prometheus to open tracing to, you know, container D or linker D or whatever it is, all the different projects, plus all the service providers, the storage providers. I mean, there are so many moving pieces to anybody's deployment of OpenShift or anybody's cloud container story um, that it's really important to make sure we can help people bridge those connections. And that's really the difference, I think, with this community model. It's not focused on just trying to get people to, you know, update an Ansible playbook for OpenShift deployments. It's more about making sure everybody's connected so that um, we have a really open community that collaborates openly and shares openly um, and willingly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's... You know the the as we open it up talking about the community, I think is is something that really drives people to these to these events and and getting to make those connections with hey we we were on all these email threads or Slack together for a while it's good to meet you in person and you make that that additional connection. Um, as we're moving, you know, it's the start of the year. Uh, we're trying to see you know what where where you think things are going. What are what's really interesting to you? You know, where are you focusing on this year? I mean, you mentioned AI and ML as something that that you, know, you spend some time looking at. What what else do you see in 2018 as as stuff that you uh, you have that you're focused on? Well, certainly, um, as you, as you mentioned earlier, the the service catalog um, and the magic. Now that service catalog is working, how you know how we make all all of that work um, and the different ways people implement that is going to be really interesting to me. I also think there's still a lot of work being done um, on the next release of Kubernetes too. So I think you'll see us talking about. Um, well, we just had a talk the other day on Kubernetes 1.9. And it's the Kubernetes community is really amazing. Uh, if you think about 1.9, there were something like 75,000 comments um, that were made on the last release of Kubernetes. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. There are so many people working on Kubernetes and giving feedback to the Kubernetes community. And you know, in some ways, what I feel is that what we do in the OpenShift Commons is surface some of those conversations and drive that feedback into Kubernetes. So I'm going to keep working with the Kubernetes community and make sure that that feedback from the OpenShift community gets there. Um, and so I'll be focusing a lot on that. But there, you hit on it earlier, too. Um, we're going to do a lot more in 2018 about um, the workloads and the workflows on OpenShift. You'll hear me talking a lot more about automotive, IoT, mobile, um, and drawing those conversations out. Um, stuff specific to EDU. Um, I, you know, I'm a real fan of the Jupyter notebooks and Jupyter Hub, um, and and making sure that they're working nicely on OpenShift and everybody has all the un the information to make that work, um, as well as with some partners like Anaconda and um, H2O. Uh, a bunch of the AI folks are coming in. Um, so there's a lot of um, really interesting things. And I think it's, bec and it's because Kubernetes has finally gotten to um, not perfectly stable and perfectly mature, but um, we can stop worrying really too much about um, trying to educate people about what Kubernetes is and what Kubernetes does. Now it's more about what do we need to tweak in Kubernetes to make sure all these workloads work wonderfully um, for everybody. And um, as 
always has been the ethos of the OpenShift team and Red Hat when it comes to Kubernetes. We really try hard to drive these things back into the Kubernetes um, code base. So it's not like we're hoarding all of this for OpenShift origin. We've, you know, if anyone takes a look at the stats, we've really been pushing a lot of our um, targeted feature enhancements um, and things from OpenShift origin into Kubernetes and making them available for everyone who uses Kubernetes. So I'd encourage everybody to join um, the commons and have um, be part of the conversations. Yeah. Diane, I, I know you're, you're busy. I'm going to, I'm going to sort of wrap it up with, with that question. Cause I, I know you're busy, you know, first and foremost, you have a, another gathering event going on in London. Um, why don't you give us a, a quick plug of some of the things that you're working on, both the event in London, as well as, you know, maybe what's going on ahead of Red Hat summit and, and some other things. Yeah, so um, like you said, we have an event coming up in the UK and London. Um, you can find all the details at commons.openshift.org under the, the nav bar for gatherings. Um, it's on January 31st, and we have Dan Walsh, Paul Mori, um, a whole bunch of folks from the Upstream Projects coming, as well as a number of, um, we have a financial services panel, a, a gov, UK Gov panel, and lots of um, interesting people coming to share their stories on that day. We're also going to do something the day before Red Hat Summit. We'll do another one. Um, we'll do something in Copenhagen for um, the KubeCon event. We're not quite sure where they're going to do a full-blown gathering then because it's like a week before Red Hat Summit, um, and I just can't clone myself um, or people. So I think what we'll probably do is an expanded meetup um, in Copenhagen. And then we'll do something um, in the fall, a full-blown, um, another one in front of the fall, I think, Seattle KubeCon. Um, so that'll be, um, there'll be three major um, gatherings. And we're and as the London example is, we're going to start doing regional ones. So we'll probably try and push one out into um, Latin America and ACPAC this year as well. So um, I've got my bag packed and um, I'll be coercing everybody um, into coming along with me on some of these other events. Very nice. Very good. And uh, all the things that you talked about, we're going to have those in the show notes for folks. So if you're listening along and you're, you're wondering how to get to the videos or how to you know, attend an event or you know, be involved with a, with a SIG or something, um, we'll have all those uh, links in the show notes for you. So Diane, listen, thank you so much for being on today. It's been, uh, it's been very fun. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to the, you know, the PodCTL community. And folks, if you're interested in, in OpenShift Commons, if you're interested in the Kubernetes space, um, definitely encourage you to sort of sign up. It doesn't cost anything. It's, you know, it's very much the open source model and uh you know get to know some people that are trying to solve similar problems to you so with that uh for diane and for tyler i'm going to wrap it up folks thanks for listening and we will talk to you next week mm-hmm.